From the Quadesh Family Church, Apostle Joel Obobasa will inspire you with anointed, practical, and down-to-earth Bible-based teachings that will refresh, energize, and motivate you to do your best for God. Join the Apostle now as he ministers the Word of God. Hallelujah. What a blessing. How many want to go deeper into God? Hallelujah. It's a great blessing. Put your hands together for the Lord this morning as we, you know, I want to go on deeper, I want to get deeper into Deeper, want to go deeper into God. I just want to love the Lord deeper into my awesome God. I want to love the Lord time I want to love the Lord everybody I want to love the Lord just sing the right thing. Amen. Amen. Deeper into my awesome I want to love the Lord even more. Okay, do that again. I want to love the Lord even more. Let's try it again. I wanna love the Lord even more. Deeper into my awesome God. I wanna go God. 
sing it one more time. I want to go on deeper I love the Lord even more deeper into my awesome God. Sing it again. I want to go on deeper and deeper. I want to go deeper into God I want to love the Lord even more deeper into my awesome God I want I want to love the Lord even more deeper into my awesome Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this morning and thank you for another privilege to be in your presence, to sit at your feet, and to look into the word of God, the perfect law of liberty. I pray that we will not be forgetted, forgetful hearers, Lord, but doers of the work. We pray in the name of Jesus that you bless our encounter with the word of God. May we be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Even more. You may be seated and let's go to the Bible. Amen. We have been sharing about David. Amen. About the, the success of David. And today I'm going to try to conclude it. Amen. I actually enjoy sharing this message very much because I feel like it's full of wisdom keys for Antoinette. <laughs> what a shock. Amen. It's full of wisdom keys for living. Amen. And um, if you would have someone to sit you down and advise you on very important things for your life. 
I would imagine that these would be some of the keys you need in order to live a good and fulfilling life right here on earth. Amen. And so um, we've gone through so many of the principles and um, I'm not going to sort of go back again today because if I do, I'm going to be hit by the temptation to tell you everything all over again. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to try to move on from where we left off. Amen. And that was um, the principle of seeing people in the right way, isn't it? Yeah. Right. That we need to see people the right way. Recognize who people are and respect them and relate with them accordingly in order for us to receive uh, the blessing that they carry. Amen. Amen. People carry blessings. And um, the blessings are often associated with who they've been made and therefore the titles they carry. And the titles are like labels. You know, a title is like a label so that you will recognize properly who this is, what you're dealing with, and what you can expect from the person. Amen. Amen. It's like going to a buffet table and the food is labeled. Do you see? It helps, isn't it? It helps. How does it help? It helps you know how to relate with what you're seeing. Yeah, it helps you even know how much of what you should have. You get it? Yes, because if it's a spicy something, you know you shouldn't go too deep. I want to go on. (laughs) You know you shouldn't go too far with this one. Just a little bit here, a little bit there. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, but if all were just called food, (laughs) you see, you would not relate appropriately with the different components of it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, and that's why people go with titles. So sometimes we say titles are not important. Yes, the title does not make the person, but the title is for your sake. (laughs) Do you see... It doesn't make the person superhuman. It doesn't change much about the person. He's still the person. You get it? But it helps others relate appropriately with the person. And yet, you know, not even the person per se, but with the gift in the person. Do you see? Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says... He gave gifts to men. Ephesians chapter 4. You see, he gave gifts to men. And then in verse 11 or 12, it says, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. So the gift is... There, right there. Amen. He gave gifts unto men, and the gifts are these names we can see. The prophet, 
the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. That's the gift. Do you, do you get it? So in Mark or Matthew chapter 10 and verse 41, the Bible says, He that receiveth you, verse 40, he that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Then he says, He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Can you see that? If you receive a prophet in the... You see, try to put all the verses together. This one says, He that receiveth you receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receives him that sent me. So when someone has been sent to you, he's been sent to you because of the gift. Do, do, do you get it? What he's carrying is the gift. I mean, when the Amazon man is coming to your house, it's, it's the gift. Whatever he's carrying is what you want. It's not really the person. <laughs> do, do you see what I'm saying? But you just have to relate appropriately with the person in order to experience the gift. Are you getting it? So if the Amazon man is coming towards your house and you meet him with a water hose, like I have a water hose right in front of my house, you get it? So as the man parks the vehicle, you just take the water hose and you start to spray the water hose at him. Um, he would just go back into his van with the box, <laughs> which is your gift. Do you see? The gift is what the person is carrying, but you just have to relate appropriately with the person in order to experience that gift. I think you understand what I'm sharing, right? So it says, he that receiveth you receiveth me. And if you receive me, you receive the one who sent me. And remember, the one who sent me is the one who is trying to give you the gift. Do you see? So he said, if you receive a prophet, verse 41, in the name of a prophet, like you receive the prophet as a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward, what a prophet can give. Do you get it? And if you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you shall receive a righteous man's reward. What a righteous man can give. Hallelujah. So it is important how we see people. Amen. That we must try not uh, to lose sight of who that person is given to be to you. Amen. I pray God will open your eyes to understand this part of the message. Amen. But I want to go on today to the next thing. The next principle is not violating fathers. Amen. Not violating fathers. And um, 1 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 6. Again, we see David. Last week, I think this is one of the verses we read. And we see David refusing to violate um, someone that he considered a father. Amen. He considered Saul 
in spite of Saul's antagonism towards him, David considered him as a father and therefore didn't think that it was appropriate to violate him. Amen. So 1 Samuel chapter 24 and verse 6, he says, And he said unto his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master. Amen. Amen. The Lord forbid that I should do this thing unto my master, the Lord's anointed. Hallelujah. And um, he says, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Okay. And then he goes on this same person he's calling the anointed of the Lord. If you jump on to verse 11, go to verse 11. Verse or even verse 10 first. Verse 10, he says, Behold, these days, uh, uh, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord had delivered thee today into mine hand in the cave. And some bade me kill thee, but mine eye spared thee. And I said, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Amen. I think sometimes you need to advise yourself. Are you, are you not blessed by that part? He said, I had an opportunity. I had a reason to do it, you know. Because sometimes you have a reason, but you don't have the chance. Do you get it? And then other times you have a chance, but you don't have a reason to. But here, both the chance and the opportunity, I mean the opportunity and the reason came together. And David said, I said to myself, I will not do it. Amen. I will not. He said, I said, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord. For he is the Lord's anointed. Amen. Amen. So sometimes you need to advise yourself and say, you know, I will not do this because it is the Lord's. Amen. Amen. I will not spend this money because it is the Lord's. What do you think? Yes, I will not use this money to buy a pair of shoes because it is the Lord's. You get it? Yes. I will not buy a catalytic converter with my tithe. (laughs) Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, because those are repair bills that can cripple you. Do you see? And that can introduce all sorts of temptations. It's not a wiper blade you're trying to buy. That you can easily overcome. But when you have to buy that catalytic converter, you know, and it's running into the thousands, then you start to think about the Lord's anointed. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you say that, no, I will not do it. I will not join people to speak against the pastor. I'm out of here. No, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. I don't speak against churches. I will not join you in your conversation against a church. Do you see what I'm saying? People must set for themselves individual lines that you don't cross. 
Amen. You know, I saw one over the weekend, Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. Look in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1. Oh dear. I went, instead of going to the Bible, I went to my contacts to look for Daniel. <laughs> you think it's the phone, right? <laughs> okay. So, have you found Daniel chapter 1 and verse um verse 8. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Amen. You see, here's another person who has an opportunity to do something because the king had appointed, you know, Look at verse 5. And the king appointed them a daily portion or a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end they might stand before the king. So it was a special um, um, privilege for Daniel and his friends to eat from the king's table. And the king had made special arrangements that they be given some of his food, you know. But in verse 8, the Bible says, Daniel purposed in his heart. So even though the opportunity was there, he chose, I will not do this. Do you see? He had a reason to do it. He had the opportunity to do it. But he said, I will not do it. I will not do it. I will not drink this. I will not eat this. Amen. Amen. I will not touch this girl. (laughs) Yeah, I will not. (laughs) I will not. He purposed in his heart. I see you purposing in your heart. Not to defile yourself. Can I have an amen? amen? That he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. And he actually requested, he went to the eunuch who was in charge of them and said that, excuse me, please, can I be excused from this meal? (laughs) Can I be excused from this drink? You know, because there are some of us, the only way we resist things is if the things are not even offered to us. (laughs) Lord, please, if you don't want me to drink, (laughs) then let me not be offered alcohol. (laughs) No. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Lord, if you really don't want me to drink this thing, then as they are serving everybody, let them skip me when it's my turn. How is that going to happen? (laughs) 
they have the tray and they are bringing it around from person to person. They're doing person to person evangelism. And they are serving everybody and going from person to person. Lord, if you don't want me to drink this thing, let it pass over me. <laughs> or let, let the person trip and fall and drop everything. You see, or mysteriously let it be finished before it gets to me. Meanwhile, you can see a tray full of it. And you are next. Do you see? <laughs> oh, Lord, let it turn. Let the beer be turned into water. <laughs> Lord, you know how we sing that song in church. Water, you turn to wine. Lord, today I need you to do the opposite. <laughs> No, we must learn not to do something because we have purposed in ourselves. We will not do it. And not that the opportunity is not there. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. We must not let opportunity decide for us that because the chance is there, we have to yield to temptation. But rather, we must decide that in the face of temptation, we will rather say no while the temptation remains before us. Hallelujah. Are you blessed by that? So Daniel said he wouldn't do it and that was the kind of person David was. Hallelujah. He said, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing. And like I said in verse 11, you see him calling Saul his father. Look at, look at verse 11. In verse 11, he says, not, not Daniel, um, 1 Samuel chapter 24 and verse, we were reading verse 10, actually. 1 Samuel 24 and verse 10, it says, um, are you bringing it? 1 Samuel 24 and 1 Samuel 24, 24. 24 and verse 10. 24 and verse 10. Is it coming? Yeah. Behold, this day thine eyes have seen how that the Lord had delivered thee today into my hand in the cave. And some bade me, even some people were encouraging me. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? So even when you are being encouraged to do it, do you see what I'm saying? You must say no. You must say no. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes the way the, 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 the ties are being re re revealed. Do you get it? Or sometimes the way the cleavage has been exposed. Some are bidding you to kill. <laughs> I don't know where this sermon came from. I don't know because that's not, it's not part of the message today. But I think that the Lord is... Yeah. You see the thing? Yes. And notice how he says that it is the Lord who delivered thee unto me. 
Because that's what the people told him. The people told him, they even quoted a scripture and they said to him that, do you remember the verse that says that the Lord would deliver your enemies into your hands? This day, that verse is right before you. So he said, the Lord has delivered me to you or you to me, but I will not do this. I I will not do it. (laughs) And then some people around were urging him to do it. You know, that's what we call peer pressure. Yeah. Pressure from your peers, pressure from around, pressure sometimes even from parents, pressure from siblings, pressure from classmates, pressure from people just like you, pushing you to do something that you know in your heart you should not do. Do you see? So he said, some bait me. Some people said, kill him, kill him. But my eye spared thee, and I said, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord, for he is the anointed of the Lord. Amen. For he is what? The anointed of the Lord. That's why we must see people the right way, I tell you, because it will save you from a lot of things. Yes. This man was not behaving at all like the anointed of the Lord. But David was not going to go by his behavior. He was going to go by his identity. Are you getting what I'm saying? That I'm not going to go by what you're doing. I'm not going to go by what you're doing. I'm going to go by who you are. Amen. Amen. See, sometimes you can be provoked. Provoked, let's say provoked by your parent. And many people, when they have to choose how to respond, because it's a very difficult temptation, where the person who is frustrating you is the person who should not be frustrating you. is the person you should not be reacting to. Do you understand? A person in authority, a person through whom you came into this world, a person who has been good to you, a person who has helped you, a person to whom you owe everything is the one provoking you at this point. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. How do you handle it? How do you handle it when... The one provoking you is a person to whom you owe so much. You owe so much to the person and yet they are driving you up the wall and they are pushing your buttons and they are sitting now on top of those buttons. (laughs) Do you see? Yes. But the response is, don't go by what they are doing. Go by who they are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't respond to the action. Respond to the person. Who is this person? Always remember. And David said, I said to myself, I will not put forth my hand against my Lord. For he is the Lord's anointed. For he is the Lord's anointed. Not not for he is not chasing me to kill me. No, that's a fact. 
That's true. This man you are calling the Lord's anointed is a man who is guilty of anger. He's guilty of attempted murder. He actually tried to stab David with a spear at some point. Yes, and that was a fact. In fact, the only reason why David was out there in the wilderness and by the cave was because of that man. <laughs> he had had to escape from town, juicy. Yes, so he could live. He had driven him out of his house. And now he was out there in the wilderness. And here was an opportunity to kill the man who was looking for him, making him miserable. You know, God will give you such opportunities or will allow you to come into such temptations. It's a temptation. Oh, don't you think it's a temptation? It's a temptation. It's a temptation to cut off somebody through whom you have become what you have become. It's a temptation, I tell you. Because the person did this, because the person said this, because the person did that. And it, you need to, it says it takes a purposing in yourself. It takes a strong determination and a strong, solid decision. I will not do it. I will not do it. And what helps is if you go by who the person is rather than respond to what they are doing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yes. Same thing Joseph did. Do you see? Joseph was under a strong temptation. Genesis. The book of Genesis. Wow. I'm so blessed already. The book of Genesis, chapter 39. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And his master saw um, that he was a good guy, and he put everything in his hand in verse 4. Verse 5, it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer that the Lord blessed everything that he had. Now verse 7, it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and said, lie with me. Do you see? <laughs> But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house. It's an old way of saying that my master does not worry about anything that he has left in my care. And he has committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. <laughs> because thou art his wife. <laughs> Can you see that? You see, so he's not responding to the temptation. He's responding to the person. 
He said, you are, I'm not saying you're not a beautiful woman. I'm not saying, I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. I am seeing clearly, but you, 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 you are my master's wife. Yeah. Not some chick down the road. You are supposed to be my auntie. <laughs> you get it? Your name is Auntie Mary. <laughs> you see, he said, because you are his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Do you see how to overcome strong temptation? Do you see? Yeah. He's being provoked to do something he should not do. Yeah. Strong temptation. She said, lie with me. It came to pass, if you look at the next verse, he says, and it came to pass, she spake to Joseph day by day. Hey. Do you see? And he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. <laughs> yeah. You see the thing? Well, I mean, he wouldn't lie by her and he wouldn't even be with her. He wouldn't go near where she was. Do you see? And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there within. Eesh. And she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. And he left the garment in her hand and fled and got him out. Yeah. What, what, what empowers a young man, do you see? And what emboldens a young man, I mean, young guy, Joseph, full of energy. You get it? Yeah. And life. What makes a young man escape such an opportunity except he remembered, he said, you, 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 your name is Antipotiphar. <laughs> you cannot become some girlfriend overnight. You are not. You are my master's wife. That's who you are. That's who you are. You are not one of the side chicks. You are not one of the chicks by the roadside. You are not some girl, some beautiful girl in some magazine. That's not who you are. You are my master's wife. And I'm focusing on that. As long as you remain my master's wife in my eyes, it will be very easy for me to say no to you. But as soon as you change into a beautiful opportunity, <laughs> you see, or into a beautiful woman, then you will become an opportunity. And I will do what I'm not supposed to do. Are you getting it? And you see, all the things Joseph went through after that, you know, shows you what would have happened if he had really done it? Yeah. 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 Do you see the thing? Yeah. Yes, because even when he didn't do it. <laughs> you see, yeah. And that is why 
we need. So we are saying, see people as they really are. Go by who is the person. Always. When someone is provoking you, you get it. Some of you in an authority um, and subordinate type of relationship with somebody, your boss, whoever it is that you yield to, always see them as who they are. Because they are human beings. They can make mistakes. They can provoke you. They can say things they shouldn't say. They can do things they shouldn't do. Do you understand? If you're married, see your husband as who he is. Do you see? Don't go by his things. Do you see what I'm saying? Because husbands have things. <laughs> they, they do things. <laughs> There's a lot of annoyance <laughs> and complicated rubbish. <laughs> rubbish is bad enough, but when it's all mixed up, do you see how the, the trash company, they'll even like you to sort out the trash. That trash can be sorted out. So recycled uh, paper and recycled plastics, recycled uh, metals, cans, and so on, go to that side. And then the other things, paper and stuff, go to another side. Then the, uh, the, the compost things also go to another side. So just because it's trash doesn't mean it has to come together. But husbands are like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we are like unsorted <laughs> trash that is not sorted out. You can't, you are not sure what you're even dealing with. <laughs> Caitlin is laughing. <laughs> I think she's laughing at Reverend Munene. <laughs> oh, it's Moses, rather. <laughs> So when you're not sure what to do, just remember who he is. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. Don't go by what is before you. Go by who has put that before you. <laughs> Amen. And you will always win. Amen. Okay. Now, I said I was going to finish this message today. But... So do not violate fathers. Amen? Amen? Once someone is a father to you, don't violate them. Don't violate them. Always see them. This is my father. This is my mother. Do you get it? This is my mother. This is my father. These people are out of bounds. Yes. I don't fight. I don't quarrel with these ones. You know. Whatever they say, whatever they do, whatever the provocation, just back off. Amen. Amen. Recently, somebody called me and she said, I asked her. She called me while I was preaching. I was actually standing here when I saw my phone ringing. And she kept ringing and kept ringing. So I sent her a message and told her, I'll call you after. Then after when I responded to her, she told me, I'm arguing with my mother. And I said to her, what is wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong with you? But I'm glad that she had the sense to call. <laughs> Do you see? Yes. Why, what, what, what are you arguing with your mother over? 
And she went into a story and all that. But I was just saying to, to her that I thought you were past that. You get it. All of us need to go past that. There's no reason to argue with your mother. There's, there's no reason to argue with your mother. Do you get it? She's your mother. She belongs to another level. Leave her upstairs. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Don't argue with your mother. Just yield. That's it. Just yield. And be cool. Amen. Amen. Remember who she is. Your mother is not your sister, even if you wear the same size. You get it. Yeah. Sometimes mothers share their clothes with their daughters and they share shoes and so on. And at a point, everything is mixed up. <laughs> and the daughters forget that they are daughters. They think mother is now a sister. Do you get it? Yes. But if you're taller than mother, you're bigger than mother, it doesn't mean anything. It just means sometimes that you eat more. <laughs> That's it. But it doesn't mean anything otherwise. Mother will always be mother. You get it? So remove yourself from that temptation. Don't argue with mother. Just go away from there. And see the person as they are. And it will be a blessing. Amen. Amen. Next principle is principle of listening to advice. <clears throat> listening to advice. And 1 Samuel chapter 25 and verse 32, it says, David said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which has sent thee this day to meet me. Do you see? Why? Because David, David had... Um, helped a certain man called Nabal. And Nabal was a rich man. He had sheep. And his herdsmen were out there. And David and his men had protected Nabal's herdsmen and helped them while they were out there. And now they had gone to Nabal to ask for a favor. <laughs> They were hoping that for what they had done for him, he would pay back the favor. But instead, when they went, Nabal sent his men with insults <laughs> back to David. So David and his men became angry, you know, and decided that they were going to pay back Nabal, as they thought he deserved, right? So that's the story. But when you come all the way down to verse um, 23, Abigail saw David and hasted and lighted off um, the ass and fell before David on her face. This is Abigail is Nabal's wife. And bowed herself to the ground and fell at his feet and said, Upon me, my Lord, upon me, let this iniquity be, and let thine handmaid 
I pray thee, speak in thine audience and hear the words of thine handmaid. Let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal. <clears throat> For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name and folly is with him. <laughs> He's un- unsorted out. <laughs> You see, yeah. Then he said, or she said to him, But I, thine handmaid, saw not the young men of my Lord, whom thou didst send. Now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, seeing the Lord has withholding thee from coming to shed blood, and from avenging thyself with thine own hand, now let thine enemies... You know, let's read... um, Yes, let's read another version. Okay. That's right. So, verse 24. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all the blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He's a fool. (laughs) just as his name suggests, right? But I never even saw the young men you sent. Now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your men. Please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty. For you are fighting the Lord's battles and you have not done and have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Do you see? Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God, secure in his treasure pouch. But the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones, like stones shot from a sling. When the Lord has done all he has promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. (laughs) And surely David did. Right? Verse 32, David replied to Abigail, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. Do you see it? I think you understand the story, right? So he obviously was going to kill Nabal, And then came Abigail, 
who came to explain to David that this is not the time to make a mistake. He said, you have had many opportunities to kill people and you haven't. She was obviously even referring to the situation with Saul. And she was telling him that you have done it. You've done well so far. Sometimes the way to help people from doing or to keep people from doing wrong is to remind them of how they've had victories in that same matter before. Do you get it? Yeah, that what, what, you are, what you are faced with at this point is something you have experienced before. You, overca- you overcame it back then. You overcame it then. You overcame it last year. You can overcome it this year too. Do you see? So she spoke to David and said, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Otherwise, one day when you become king, you'll be carrying the burden. You will always remember your conscience will always be weighing heavily on you because you will always remember how you shed blood that did not have to be shed. Do you see? So the Bible says, David replied to her, it is God who has sent you to meet me this day. Amen. Amen. Now, David could have said, clear off. (laughs) Clear off. You are protecting your husband. (laughs) You don't want to be a widow. (laughs) Do you see? That's why you are saying what you're saying. Sometimes you give people advice and instead of hearing what you're saying, they're looking for a motive why you are saying it. Do you see? Yeah. They are looking for the reason why you are saying it. Even in church, people hear messages and they are not blessed by the message because they try to find an ulterior motive that the pastor has for preaching what he's preaching. That's why people, you see a pastor preaching about tithe and offerings and telling people the scriptures, what the word of God says. And to the person who is hearing, the man wants money. <laughs> Do you get it? They, can, they are reading something else into what they are hearing. When God has brought counsel to them, they dismiss the fact that it is God who brought it. But David was a very spiritual person. And as he was looking at Abigail and all that Abigail was saying, he was not seeing or thinking about any motive that Abigail could have. I mean, let's face it. I think that it's reasonable to imagine that Abigail was fighting for her husband so she doesn't become a widow. Huh? Yes, she was married to a rich man. (laughs) The guy was rich. He was loaded. (laughs) Do you see? And she didn't want that to happen. Unless you hate your husband, you don't really want him dead. Sometimes you want him to travel a bit, but not dead. Not dead. (laughs) Not dead. He should go and visit his mother for a week or two. You get it? Something like that. But not dead. Not dead. <laughs> yeah. She go on a, biz- a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. You see, look at her. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you get it? So you can have some space. Come put your laptop on the other side of the bed. You get it? Yes. And just turn on your Netflix. You get it? And bring some tea and toast. Put it by your bedside. Yeah, and just be there all day. Yeah, with your wig off. (laughs) And look like you want to look. Yeah. And just be happy. Yeah, and order food, right? Yeah, no cooking and just... You just take the magazine or just go online and just order and just be ordering and just be happy. <laughs> Lord, I pray for forgiveness for all these ladies. <laughs> Do you see? So you could easily, David could easily look for a a reason why the woman was saying what she was saying and say that, you know, no, you're protecting your husband. That's your husband. That's why you're saying what you're saying. Yes, it's because of this. That's why you're saying what you're saying. And many people come to church and are not blessed because they are full of, that's why you're saying what you're saying. You're saying it because of this. You're saying it because of that. You're saying it because you saw me. And the word of God is not able to impact them because they don't take it that God has sent you to meet me. But David said that God sent you. He said, God of Israel. He said, praise the Lord, the God of Israel who has sent you to meet me today. It's God who has sent you to meet me today. Oh, if only we would have that attitude in church and say that it is God who has sent you to meet me today. That when you come to church and the word of God is preached and the Bible is open and you can see yourself in the message instead of saying or finding some other reason. Some people go as far as saying this pastor doesn't like women. Doesn't like females, I mean. Do you understand that? Yes. He's against women. Or he's against married people. Or he's against single people. Or he's against, you know, all sorts of things that demons put in the minds of people. Just to fight the word of God. So that the word does not have free course. The word of God does not hit its target. So the word of God does not settle in a person. You remember the story that Jesus told about a sower who went forth to sow? It's called the parable of the sower. The Bible says that the first group of seeds, when they fell by the wayside, you know, he said the birds of the air came and ate it right away. And Jesus said that 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 part of the story represents people who hear the word and immediately Satan comes to take it away. Immediately. That means they don't even leave the service with the word. (laughs) No, they don't even leave the service with the word. They resist the preaching. There are devils and demons that fight people. I tell you, they sit with people and they fight in the minds of people 
the word of God and the word never takes root. It never really settles in that place. Have you been bitten by a mosquito before? Who has been bitten by a mosquito before? Now, if you've watched how mosquitoes operate, you get it. One of the reasons why when you're sitting outside at night or wherever there are mosquitoes, you keep fanning yourself is that you don't want the mosquito to have a chance to settle and dig in. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the mosquitoes also, when they're experienced, (laughs) they also settle for a little bit and see how you react before they start to dig in to your skin. Do you you see it? Yes. Yes. But as long as you keep your hands going like that, you see the mosquitoes are around. They come around and they settle. But they, when they settle, there's not enough time before your hand comes, you know, swooshing them away again. So that keeps them from settling and depositing what they carry and sucking your blood. And that's what happens for many people. You get it? It's like as the word of God is coming, there are demons that are bringing different thoughts, different ideas, even reminding you of things undone, work you have to do after church, so many different things just to keep the word from settling. Yes. And so many people come to church and they leave without the word of God settling on them really to have an impact. And one of the ways he does that is to raise counter-arguments in your head. You know, so as the preaching is going forth, you're arguing. No one can see it, no one can hear it, but there's a battle going on in your head. What about this? What about that? Well, it's good for you, that's why you're saying what you're saying. You have peace. Maybe you are married, that's why you're saying what you're saying. You say we should abstain from fornication. You are married, that's why you, you... You you have some soft tissues lying by you at night. You know, I'm just by myself in my bed, my hard bed with my sheets not washed. (laughs) So you don't know what I'm going through. And so the word of God is not received. But David was not like that. I'm blessed by this. I don't know if we can really finish this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Instead, David told Abigail, you know, God sent you. This is, we are having a spiritual encounter. Even though it seems you're giving me advice that protects your husband, the reality is that it's about my future. Do you know? And we're having a spiritual encounter. God sent me to you. God sent me to you. And he's, uh, uh, God sent you to me. I mean, God sent you to me. And then he says, David says that for, um, yeah, verse 30, 33, he says, thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder. And from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Because this advice you've given me is going to keep me from murder. And is going to keep me from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. Why? Because the scripture says vengeance is the Lord's. 
So you err when you take vengeance into your own hands. And David was grateful that Abigail's piece of advice had kept him from crossing the line and taking vengeance into his own hands. Are you getting the picture? Yes, because we are all tempted many times to take vengeance into our own hands. Isn't it? Yes. Sometimes we feel like we should react instead of leaving it to the Lord and to time. Some people said, as for the Lord, he takes a long time. (laughs) Yeah. God takes too long to get even with people. So I want to do it now myself. Do you see? But David listened to her and blessed the Lord for her advice. How many times do you hear advice or people give you advice and you don't take it? You know, there's a verse in Proverbs chapter, Proverbs chapter, um, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 18. The Bible says every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice make war. Every purpose is established by counsel, you know, and with good advice wage war. Amen. Amen. See, David was so hurt by his, by, by the way Nabal had responded to them, he felt it was unfair. He felt that they had put their lives at risk to protect Nabal and his sheep. And now all they were asking was for a little favor and Nabal wouldn't give it to them. You would have lost all these sheep. And now we're asking for one or two. And you won't give us. Really. And so they, they, he really wanted to go and teach him a lesson. Do you get it? But somebody spoke to him and said, don't go by your head. Do you get it? Yes. And yet there are many of us who cannot be reasoned with. You get it? Because we, sometimes we are so hurt that we cannot reason past the hurt. Do you see what I'm saying? You take somebody who is upset and has decided, I'm leaving this marriage. Yes, I'm leaving this marriage. I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. You see, and they cannot reason beyond the head. They cannot see anything. They cannot see child support. They cannot see, you know, many quarrels in front of the house. They cannot see all the inconvenience, the different things today. The child is here, tomorrow is there, you know, and so many other complications. They are all veiled by the curtain of your head. You, you can't see it. You are so hurt that it disengages the mind. And the mind cannot think about what will happen that forgiveness is actually cheaper <laughs> than child support. <laughs> oh, yes. Child support you pay whether the child eats or not. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? 
But if he's at home, sometimes he won't eat. It will save you money. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't be so overcome by emotions that it disengages your reasoning. You can't think because you are just so overcome by what has happened. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't be so consumed by vengeance, the desire to get even, the desire for retribution. I, I need to see him go down. You know, yes, and there are some people who vow, I'm going to take you down. Yes. One person was so angry and said that he was going to take down our pastor, our prophet. Said, I'm going to take him down. I'll take him down. And what are you saying? <laughs> Do you get it? Someone who has been set up by God, how are you going to take him down? Do you see? How are you going to take him down? You are like a little child who can't even reach the table. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you see that people are so hurt, and because of that, they don't really care. But when you're hurt, listen. Do yourself that favor. Do you get it? Allow some moments of lucidity and just listen to someone who has something to say about your situation. Do you get it? And don't fight back and say that it's because you're not in that situation. Actually, that's the best person to speak to you. The one who is not clouded... (laughs) Whose judgment is not clouded by the same thing that has disabled your thinking. Do you understand? Yes. It's the one who is not in the problem who can help you come out of the problem. But another person who is so into the same problem, and that's what happens. You see, some people are having marital issues, and they go to other people who had the same situation. And they only tell them one thing. Do you know why God gave you two legs? So you can walk out on him. So you can, so you can walk out. Walk out on him. That's why the Lord gave you two legs. <laughs> then you also say, Blessed be the Lord who has sent you to meet me this day. You form an association of walkers. Walk us out of families. Amen. Amen. No, don't talk to another person who is having a bad time. Talk to someone who is having a good time. Yes. If you feel like leaving the church, don't talk to another person who feels like leaving the church. But that's what people do. They find another person who's been hurt by something else in the church and they talk to them and they just keep rewounding themselves. Yeah. So they revisit, you know, each other's issues and keeps restabbing themselves 
and going over the issue again. You know, so this person is hurt and she shares a bit of her hurt with this one who's already hurt, who also passes on, and they reinfect each other. Why don't you find somebody who is having a great time in the church? That's who you need to talk to. Amen. The best person to speak to is somebody who is not in the same problem. Yes, because he can see clearly. (laughs) And he can see the issues. And he can see that this is not a big deal. You get it? And don't rebut that by saying it's because you are not. You you see, your case is different. You are having a good time. Everything is working for you. That's why you are saying what you are saying. If you were in my situation, I don't have to be in your situation. If I was in your situation, I won't be of any use to you. There will be two of us calling for help. If I'm as sick as you, who will call the ambulance? (laughs) You need one of us to be well. (laughs) Who can call the ambulance? (laughs) Hallelujah. Are you hearing the word of God today? So he said, blessed be your advice. I'm, I'm so grateful that you spoke to me. And I believe it is God who sent you to me. Amen. Amen. It is God who sent me or you to me. So whenever you're about to take a decision or whenever you get the chance, somebody gives you advice about something, you need to take your time, receive the counsel, Especially a person who has a good track record. Do you see? Someone who has a good track record of giving you good counsel. Or a person who is counseling from the word of God. You see, someone who is not just dishing out from their feelings. But a person who is looking into the perfect law of liberty. And saying to you, my friend, the Bible does not encourage this. What you're doing is contrary to the word. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Amen. Amen. And you will find that if you listen to the advice, it's going to help you. Instead of God speaking to David in a dream, God sent Abigail his way. Do you, do you see? Yes. Instead of God speaking to David, So many times, God may not give you a dream. Lord, if you don't want me to do this, then give me a dream. (laughs) Lord, if you don't want me to marry him, then show me a dream where he's killing me. (laughs) No, it may not be a dream. But somebody, God will send someone to you and say, this is not the right person for you. Do you see? Instead of saying, you are jealous. (laughs) God is about to bless me with a fine marriage and you are jealous. (laughs) Yeah, some people say that. My marriage is going to be better than yours. And you are envious of me. That's why you are advising me not to marry this person. 
And so you find people being sneaky. You know. Now, the Bible talks about. <laughs> the Bible talks about. Bread that is eaten in secret. <laughs> that becomes gravel <laughs> in the mouth of the person. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 17. It says, bread of deceit is sweet to a man. You know, some people like to deceive. You know, then it says, but afterwards, afterwards, his mouth shall be filled with gravel. So, when you satisfy yourself with deceit and not telling the truth, Sometimes about relationships, about who this person is and about what is really going on. Do you see? And you don't say the truth about it. You are eating the bread of deceit. And the Bible says it is sweet. The bread of deceit is always sweet. Sweet bread. It's like toast. Do you understand? But he says later... The same person whose mouth was filled with that sweetness, his mouth will be filled with gravel. And the gravel is in your mouth, not in my mouth. <laughs> Do you see? Yes, the gravel ends up in the mouth of the same person who was deceiving. So people who lie, people who are cunning, and people who take advantage of what maybe the leadership doesn't know or what others don't know about the situation and who make things look good when they're really bad and so on. We need to be careful because the Bible says afterwards, it is your mouth that becomes filled with gravel. I mean, imagine a mouthful of gravel. We can try it after church. <laughs> a mouthful of gravel. You will not have a good time. Hallelujah. So, let's be careful. Amen? Amen? And say things as they are. Let's tell the truth so we can be exposed to good advice that will be a blessing to us. Amen. Amen. I think the time is up. So, stand to your feet and let's close. There's a whole... I, I, if I start the next chapter, it will be difficult to stop. So... I'm sorry, but we have to, we have to close. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. How many are blessed by the lessons from David? There are other principles like the principle of allowing God to work things out. The principle of not allowing rebels into your life. Hmm. I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> Principle of being led by the Spirit. The principle of having a pastor. Okay, maybe let's see if we can have one more week of this. Okay, so 
come back next week and we'll continue for at least one more session. Amen? Because these are things, these, these principles have really blessed me and they've helped me. Amen? They've helped me. I've received advice from people, uh, I mean, for which I am forever grateful. I mean, some things that people told me, you know, in fact, somebody in particular told me, don't do this. Don't do this. And I didn't do it. And later, I lived to see that that was actually the best thing, best advice. Do you understand? Yes. Don't be so overcome by emotions. Do you see? Emotions are like the waves on the ocean. Do you see? They rise up high and mighty and tall, but just give it time. It just cools down. It never comes to the shore the way it looks. <laughs> yeah. It just needs time. Do you see? Yeah. Don't let your marriage go because of emotion. Don't let a job go because you're so upset. I mean, so you see, and when you are when you're upset, you don't even know the meaning of a job. <laughs> you can only see the boss you don't like. Do you see? But you can't think through. I mean, gas prices don't occur to you. <laughs> Rent does not occur to you. <laughs> Food does not occur to you. How to pay your bills. It has, none of those things occurs to you. I mean, you can't think beyond the person. Who does he think he is? You see, but if you could shift your focus a little bit from the person to your rent even. <laughs> see how quickly you would know. Who, who do you think you are? You, see, you just cool down very quickly. That's why you need another person who is not affected by the same thing. And when that person shows up, see him or her as God's person. God has sent this person. And the person doesn't have to be a pastor. Do you get it? The person doesn't have to be a pastor. Even sometimes they don't even have to be a believer. Yes. God can use somebody to advise you who is not a believer. God can use someone to tell you what not to do or even what to do who is not a believer. Oh, yeah. oh yes, who is not a believer. The person is not a believer at all. One of our pastors told me how he went to the bank to pay off his mortgage. And when he paid that, he said initially the bank said, oh, why do you have to pay this off? You don't have to pay it off. You don't have to, you know, if you continue to owe and whatever. But he insisted. And then... When he paid it off, the, person, the same person came back and told him, actually, what you did is the right thing. <laughs> what you did is the right thing. <laughs> you get it? Yes. And it was not about church. If God was to rely only on church for you to hear what you must hear, then you would only hear him once or twice a week. So God speaks throughout the week. God speaks. He speaks even through people. Do you understand? One day God spoke to a prophet through a donkey. Yeah. If you met a donkey and a prophet, 
Who would you think has the word of the Lord? <laughs> you think it's the prophet, isn't it? But the prophet was missing it. The donkey had it. <laughs> the word was in the donkey's mouth. He, the donkey was seeing vision. Was seeing angels. And the prophet couldn't. The prophet was bulldozing his way. And now he was even worked out. And he was very angry. And just, you know. I pray that God will help us. Amen. Close your eyes, everybody. If you're online, I want you to pray with us today. And I want you to ask God to help you walk in these principles. Today we talked about seeing people as they are. Seeing people as they are. And the principle of not violating fathers. And the principle of listening to advice. Is there any father or mother or a person of authority in relation to you whom you are tempted to violate? Is there anyone provoking you and stirring up in you sentiments that make you want to say something to them, tell them something, give them your peace of mind and do something that you shouldn't do? Is there anybody like that? I want you to pray about it and say, Lord, thank you for revealing this to me today. Thank you for exposing this in me, showing me and warning me. Thank you for the advice from the word of God. Just pray and say, Lord, strengthen me against any current or even future provocation, strong temptation strong temptation help me Lord in the name of Jesus help me Lord in the name of Jesus help me Lord in the name of Jesus everybody pray pray open close your eyes I mean and pray and just say Lord help me help me in the name of Jesus don't violate your father. Don't violate your mother who is often your father's representative in your life. Yes. Don't violate them. Just set them aside. Draw a line that you will not cross in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What advice has been given you recently? Is it based on the word? Is it good advice? Sound advice based on the word of God? Maybe you need to consider it. Just pray and say, Lord, thank you for sending people into my life who will speak to me in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Masha Come on, pray and say, Lord, help me. Yes, Lord. Save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. 
Mosha Kafara Balababo, Setelia Lababara Malabababa, Mesandoro Moshe Telia Lababa. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I I want to be more like you. Jesus, I I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. Everybody sing, I want to be more. I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be more like you. Jesus, I want to be a vessel you work through. wanna be a vessel you work through I wanna, wanna be, be more like you thank you Jesus Father we thank you for your word today thank you for opening our eyes to see these principles in the life of David thank you for such a great message that you have given to this house we pray that, Lord, you will anoint our hearing and bless this message and let it bring forth fruit in our lives. May our lives be transformed by the word. May the enemy not steal this message from our hearts in the name of Jesus. Satan, we forbid you from interfering with what God has given us today. We declare that this is a week where we will live according to the word of God and according to what we have heard today in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing in Jesus' name. Now, as we close this service, maybe you're here today. But you know in your heart that you are not saved. Or that if you were to die today, you are not sure if you go to heaven or if you go to hell. You don't know that for sure. You don't know that for a fact based on the word of God. But you can be sure. You can be sure based on the scripture. If you would do what the scripture prescribes for us to do to be saved and that is to believe with our heart the Lord Jesus and to confess him with our mouths that God sent him to be the savior of the world and the Bible says you will be saved so I want to give you an opportunity to do that today before we close this service to ask Jesus to come into your heart to be Lord over your life I want to give you that opportunity. You may be right here with us or you may be online or you may be listening to the podcast or you may be watching us somewhere but you know in your heart that what I'm saying concerns you and applies to you. 
God is no respecter of persons. And whoever you are and wherever you are, if you say this prayer we're about to say with meaning and sincerity, God will hear you and God will save you. And so if you're here like that, I want you to say this prayer with us. Just say with me, Lord Jesus. Everybody say it together. Say, Lord Jesus. Yes, even you online, join us and let's say it together. Say, Lord Jesus. I know I am a sinner. And if I die today, I wouldn't know if I go to hell or go to heaven. But Lord Jesus, I do not want to perish in hell. So I come to you as a sinner. Confessing my sins and asking for your forgiveness. Lord Jesus, please forgive me. Please forgive me. Let your blood wash me. And let your blood cleanse me. Let your blood cleanse me. And make me a child of God. Though my sins be like scarlet. Let them be white as snow. Wash me Lord. Wash me Lord. Wash me, Lord, by the blood of Jesus and make me pure and holy and make me a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now say, Lord Jesus, please write my name in your book of life. Please write my name my name is and mention your name say it again say Lord my name is please write this very name in your book of life I want to go to heaven when I die thank you Jesus for making me a child of God Amen Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. You work through. I want to be more like you. Amen. Right. Now we're going to come to the Lord's table. We're going to have communion. Okay. We want to have communion. So if you take your communion, just... Everybody grab your communion, please. Yes. Father of life, draw me closer. All my heart is set on you. Let me run the race of time. With your life unfolding mine And let the peace of God Let it reign 
Spirit, you're my comfort. Strengthen me, strengthen me, hold my head up high, and I stand upon your truth, bringing glory unto you, and let the peace of God let it rain. Oh Lord, I hunger, come on. Oh Lord, I hunger for more of you. Rise up within me, let me know. as he leads us to receive communion today. Amen. All right, let's have that. May the healing power of God Amen. come into your life Amen. as you receive of this holy communion. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now, may the blood of Jesus yes. wash and cleanse you and bring healing, forgiveness, yes. and restoration. Amen. How long will you mourn? Mm. How long will you mourn over a relationship, over a disappointment, mm. over a curse, mm. over something that is horrible, yes. as horrible as Saul? The Lord says to you, a day is coming. You see the reason why Saul went and David came. May the Lord restore you and restore all things to you through the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Amen. At this time, I'm going to invite the praise team to join Hallelujah. me. Amen. Can you put your hands together for the Lord? And lift up your hand for a blessing. Father, thank you for the power in communion. Thank you for your power that is revealed as we have this encounter. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for healing us. Thank you that every sickness is addressed in the name of Jesus. Every demonic work is cut off in the name of Jesus. Every satanic work is broken now in the name of Jesus. The power and the life in it is gone in the name of Jesus. Thank you. As we have encountered the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, 
we are blessed and not cursed. We have received a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. Now you may be seated and take out an offering. Take out your offering. Hallelujah. Right, take out a, your offering. Take a good offering. Amen. And today I want to encourage everybody to give an offering of at least $20. Amen. At least $20. Try to believe God to give an offering. And also your tithe. $20, $30, $40. Amen. You know, we need to grow out of the mentality that an offering is just something small. It's a widow's mite that you just give to the Lord. There are no widows in our church by the grace of God. Amen. So don't bring widowhood here. <laughs> Hallelujah. By the grace of God. So I want you to give like God has blessed you. The Bible says according as God has blessed you, so must you give. So you don't give what others give. Because God may not have blessed you as he has blessed them. He may have blessed you with more. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And so according as God has dealt with you, the way God has dealt with you is how you must respond. Amen. So giving is an individual thing. Hallelujah. Yes. It's an individual thing. I don't interfere with what my wife gives to the Lord. It's up to her. What? Because God has dealt with her differently from the way he has dealt with me. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So she must respond according to what is in her heart. Or what do you think? Yes. And so that's how it must be. Amen. We don't have a family meeting over offerings. Okay. Today as we're going to church, you know, okay, between you and I, okay, if you give five and I give five, it's ten. It's too much. So, Okay, if you are giving 10, then I'll give zero. Or, or how much do you want? Oh, I'll give 15. No, if you give 15, then I'll, I won't give today and I won't give next week. <laughs> no, we don't work like that. It's wrong. Amen. Yeah. Rather, allow your spouse to be an individual before God. Amen. And allow them to express what is in their heart to the Lord. And God will bless them. When God blesses them, you will be the closest neighbor. And it will fall on you too. Amen. All right. If you have your tithe, please stand to your feet also. And let's pray. If you have your tithe with you or you gave your tithe during the week, I want you to stand to your feet and let us pray. Father, we thank you for all our brethren who are standing up acknowledging that you have been gracious to them. You gave them jobs. You gave them good health. You gave them relevance to the jobs. You gave them favor. Because what they do, they are not the only ones who can do it. There are many others who can do it and perhaps do it even better than they do it. But Lord, you chose them. You made them the ones to have that opportunity. And so they stand before you as grateful stewards of the opportunities 
the chances, the favor that you have given them. And I pray, Lord, that you will receive the honor they are bringing, the first fruits of their increase out of what you have given them. They've brought back what belongs to you. Bless them as they do so. And may others release that which belongs to them which is in the possession of others in the name of Jesus. Bless them, Lord, and rebuke the devourer for their sakes, as you promised in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the Lord.